Well, hello. I'm Amelia Myers. I'm Jason Rosewall. And, and this, this is Married, married to Hollywood, Hollywood, where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly. About being married to each other. And, and the, the industry. industry. Oh. Yeah. You said it with me tonight. I did. I don't know why, but I felt like it. You, you, your Boom. body language, you're very much like, I'm going to jump in on this right now. Doing it. How you feeling? Um, <laughs> busy? Good? Yeah. Tired? Yeah. All of the things? How are you feeling? I'm pretty good. Also very busy. Um tired and all all the things. And tell yes. me about your last week. Uh there were multiple things this past oh. week. I uh, was invited to participate in a staged reading for a new works with one of the theaters I've worked Theater with before. 40? Theater 40, but um with Jeff specifically, Jeff Rack, who I did the doll with years and years ago at that amazing It was like what, 6 years ago? Yeah. It it was indeed. It'll be six years this summer. Wow. Um, and I've done a couple of shows with them throughout the years, mm-hmm. and they reached out and said, hey, we kind of want the, the board of Theater 40 to hear this. It's more of just kind of a, not a full stage yeah, reading, but an experimental. Yeah. We just kind of want to hear it out loud and see where it could go. And it was one of those things where it was just, you know, there's artistic theater where it's like a little beyond the avant-garde bizarre strangeness and this fell into that category (laughs) and we had absolutely zero rehearsal no you didn't none so i got sent the script and was reading it and just went oh this is a strange one and i I was playing like six six different roles so i was trying to like you know find different voices for the different ones and who they are and you did a great job thank you it was was based on a true uh, based on a true person and and loosely on his life events and stuff well Well, his claimed life his claim of his His, life events in his diary in his His journal um john d john d D. okay that's really an in joke uh (laughs) yes it was but but it was good i was very touched so i had decided not to share this one publicly or with friends or be like check out the stage reading uh we had as i said zero rehearsal Mm -hmm. the day of the show we all hopped on two hours ahead of time just to work a couple of beats we were all talking at the same time (laughs) and quickly realized and i knew this and had been wondering it you can't have more than two people speaking at the same time on zoom that's not how that that works more than more than than one is really really hard it it goes to the latter person and there was a way there's a way to isolate the vocals of each person in post kind of afterwards to try to make it work if you then upload it but that does not work if you're trying so, to do the reading oh um i don't know if you can do this for zoom live broadcast to youtube but you can do what's called spotlighting yes and um so you know for the future if we end up producing something like that where yeah. it's live again you can it's called spotlighting. Really? It's a technical thing that we do sometimes in the studio for when we are recording stuff um, via Zoom because we record classes so people can That's watch That's good to know because there was at one point all four of us were supposed to be chanting this thing with the main guy going. It was like not working. So very quickly we had to figure out who was saying what when originally there was a chorus of angels or a chorus of this. or You should be able as the wild. host to pin multiple people and spotlight everyone. Oh. Um, I believe news to me, guys. I believe. I and believe. people were like, "Can we do this?" And, I, and everyone was like, "I have no, no one knew." And I said, "No, I teach on Zoom frequently, and I can't play scales and have them sing at the same time. There's too much of a delay. You know, it's too tricky." So we we did that, and then we had to hop on. So you put Lila to bed at, for the first time yeah, in fun. like a long, long, long time since pandemic, which is good. That's not true. I have like one or two other times. One or two other times. No, not since been, like since we moved here, put it to bed one or two other times. Yes, and since 
the pandemic, maybe a handful more. Definitely less you've done than more na- ten. You've done a few more, less than ten. <laughs> you've done you've done a couple nap times, but yeah, bedtime. Well, it's just the routine we've worked. It's really into. interesting. Where I mean, even in LA, unless I had an event to go to or a rehearsal, or you and I going out to date night or a function, I, I put her to bed every night. That's, That's just kind of what. How did how did that feel for you? Really weird. How so? Definitely had some mom guilt going on. No, um, no, not to. I mean, I understand why, but. Um, for people that listen that are moms, uh, I want to let you know, like you, obviously I'm not going to tell you how to feel, feel how you're going to feel. Well, thank you. But you don't need to feel that guilt. W- w- what made you feel that? that well, I know well, for, for what I was saying before, before pandemic, I still put her down 95% of the time. And then Jordan would mm-hmm. typically the other 5%. And then you did once in a while at bedtime. Um, like, don't, f- don't forget Franny. And for, well, Franny, Franny did bedtime a couple times. She was there more during the day. day. She wasn't really yeah, our night sitter. Um, and the nighttime routine with bath is very, is you know, it was different. Since we moved here, which is about to hit seven months, which is wild. Yeah, real quickly. Monday. Except for like the one or two times you said that you put her down, I put her down. And so now that is so what she's used to. And I see it in her eyes. And, and you know, when you're a parent, you learn very quickly. They have different cries. And there's mm-hmm. the... I'm just going to complain a little bit. I am mad and I'm letting you know it. Oh, I'm not comfortable with this. I am very upset and scared and not happy, mom and, or dad. But this is that cry. And she, she was starting with that. But this is good because starting on Monday for eight weeks, I start training with Synetic Theater. Yeah. And I'm going to be dancing two hours a day, four days a week. And two of those slots are over bedtime. Make sure you sleep. So, I'm at night because <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna wear down your immune system super quickly. I'm if you so, don't. Suddenly be dancing like crazy. But on Wednesday and Thursday nights for the next eight weeks, I'm not putting her to bed because I'm in rehearsal me, from seven to nine. It'll be you or or my mom. So it was actually good because that was kind of a test run. And on the nights when you're in here doing class, we always knock on the door. You come running out and say good night, daddy, and she's like good night, daddy. And then we go to to our her, her room, and we did that Sunday night, but with me. She didn't was not happy about it. But once you guys got to the room, the thing is, you know, you guys honestly, had a great time once she calmed down. Honestly, I think if you, if you're able to, and I know this is going to be hard because I've had a lot more experience at it, so I remember it being hard at the beginning. If you just can convince yourself during that last moment when she sees you that everything's okay for you, not for her. I was going to say because I smile and I wave and yes, you know, I, 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 I know I, I you're putting the brave right face on for her. her. And for me, I'm like, oh, but, so but you, if, once you can believe it for yourself, yeah, it'll better convince her. Because the beautiful thing about two year old, and I've learned a lot, is you function so instinctually at that age. Yeah, that you do. If somebody's uncomfortable, you're able to read that. So if you project a sense of confidence and you project, and I mean, obviously like work on it. Like it's not something that's going to happen tomorrow, (laughs) but you knowing that she's going to be okay. Yeah. And knowing that you're okay. And I know she's safe and you've got her and it's fine and I'm going to be fine and she's going to be fine. But it's knowing that your mom guilt is psychological and not mom guilt. No, you're not supposed to shake it off. Yeah. You having mom guilt is a good thing because it's the result of you being a good mom. Oh, thanks. I'm not telling you not to have the mom guilt, but I'm telling you to accept that that's a good thing. Yeah. And that's hard because you, you hard. associate, it's like a guilt is such, guilt and shame are such weird words because there's so much negativity with them. Uh, yeah. Uh, things like jealousy and stuff like that as well. But I would say that the, the mom guilt that you have is because you care 
so much and I so do. deeply and so beautifully. I do. That oh, thanks. If you are able to convert that within yourself to understand that that motivation and that love that you're feeling is one of the reasons why you need to be doing what you're doing away from her. Yeah. That's what I've learned about going to my day job. That's what I learned about going to work. Right, That's what I learned about right. being in class is because the feeling of missing out for her, of not being present for her, not being present for you, I'm not doing that for some selfish, self-fulfilling need. I'm doing it to fill myself as a human being mm -hmm. so that I can be whole and be present for my wife and right. for my kid. Aww. So you have yeah. to you have to put that piece in your puzzle, however it fits in there. You'll find the time. You'll find the way. Because yeah. everybody's going to do it in their own way. And the problem with that, for I imagine for some people, is that they think it's going to happen more easily than it does, so they get afraid. Or they never want it to fit in the way they want it to fit in. So parenthood um, and the dynamic between the parents gets too challenging. And, you know, like people are people. Uh, we seek people are people. We it's seek true. we seek our happiness. We seek our bliss, and sometimes um, we don't realize that the path of least resistance is not the path toward bliss. Yeah, and the truth bliss doesn't always mean you're happy. Bliss means that you can you know envelop yourself in the white light, and the only way to do that is to like really drive toward your goal. Your goal. Yeah. You're a great mother, and. Thank you're, you. you're a great partner, you're a great Thank wife. You. So you. you're a great artist. So you should be pursuing being a great artist because that's one of the parts of you that makes you a great mother, a great partner, Thank a great you. wife. What are you feeling right now? You're getting emotional. Just I'm proud of you. Oh. That's all. Thank feeling you. Feeling pride. Thank you. No, it felt really good. And I was very, very touched because like I said, I did not share this one to be public because I had no idea what I was walking yeah, we into. Watched you in the big and I didn't want people I almost didn't even send you guys the link. And then I was like, no, no, no. I should let my husband and parents support me if they so choose to, and, and my siblings. And I was very touched that three of you tuned into it. All two hours. All two hours <laughs> of it. Because it was a long, very strange show. Yeah, but it was, it was but it was good. It was different. It was I, I I did enjoy it. But the biggest artistic thing this week, yeah. um, the social distance sessions group that I've done the few things with. We did free falling and this is your second or this third. This is our third. We did Borden to Run. And, and now Good Vibrations, uh, we had recorded that one over the summer before we even moved. That was in June, I think. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of figured that those are hard to put together. Having just done Breakthrough, yeah. that is like a tiny percentage of what they actually had to do. Like we had, we had a, a taste into what you actually have to do to put a video like that together. I would argue they didn't bite off more than they could chew. They knew well, what they had to eat. Well, they're producers and editors. They, yes, but on the scale, <laughs> off more on the scale of what we did versus what they do for these, we were all the way down here. But for us, it was brand new, so it was a ton. Yeah. Um, but they, we figured, oh, well, they did slightly start going back to work a little bit. These are hard to put together. We probably just got, they decided not to do it. And right after the inauguration, because of our new president, uh, <laughs> they released it. And it's really fun. They did, a, yeah. they did a good job. There are 30 of us on it. And yesterday, Brian Wilson himself from the Beach Boys watched it, liked it, shared it, and it went viral. And we were in Rolling Stones, uh, Yahoo, CNBC, today it was HuffPost. But it was pretty cool that... Yeah, you're up to 34,000 views. Yeah, we've gone viral. And it's, uh, it's, it's really cool because in the Rolling Stones article, in the thumbnail, there I am. 
in the top left. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's really cool. It's like Rolling Stones. That's that's my wife. Very exciting. Very exciting. And you just never know what project you're going to do. This is the third one with them. You and I have done countless of new media projects. You just never know which ones are going to go. And the fact that Brian Wilson saw this and shared it is really special. And it it made us all, all the musicians a part of it. It really kind of brought us together and made us feel very proud of what we've done. I think that's one of the things that long term speaks to the importance of art because you're not trying to make something for popular No, claim. we do it because we love it. Yeah. That's why we're artists. Yeah. I mean, I know when people will go, but you want it for the million, millions of dollars and this, that, and the other. There are people who go to Hollywood for fame and there are people who go for artists, the actual artistry because we're artists. And those are the ones, fingers crossed, who <laughs> do make it longevity long-term. Well, yeah, because being a working actor and being famous are two different They're things. They're two very being different things. Being a working artist, I should say, and being famous are two different things. I mean, we've always said as much as we, well, you know, we'll take the ride we, we go on, we also don't want to be bombarded by paparazzi not be able to go out with our kids. And no. I mean, you dealt with so many celeb clientele and yeah. saw that, and I was personal assisting for years and saw kind of some of it firsthand and we don't want that but we do want to work enough to be known enough to have some of the clout to have some of the clout and some of the opportunity because you need a certain level of clout to have the opportunity for certain roles and certain projects so we kind of want to live in that world Mm -hmm. I mean I wouldn't mind being on the cover of Vanity Fair that'd be cool at some point yeah I wouldn't wouldn't Um, mind a GQ cover would not mind that in the least but I don't want to have my life taken away. And this is something you and I talk about a lot. Even though people ask me all the time, what would you have done differently now, knowing what the industry is and you spending 13 years in it? What would you have done differently in your 20s? And there are so many things I would change to a degree that would have gotten me further. And if I had said yes to this opportunity and yes to this opportunity, I probably would have had much more success earlier on. However, I stayed true to who I am as a, a core human ethics of of myself. I did I walked away from compromising situations. I did not give in to certain pressures that were happening. And in that degree, I would not change a thing because I did not take who I am and You didn't compromise yourself. Yes. And then on top of that, you and I got to fall in love in private. You and I got to have Lila mm-hmm. in private and probably have whoever's next in private. We're and not pregnant. We're not pregnant. <laughs> But to be able to have that as us before the careers take off to the level we want, I actually don't think I would change a thing. Yeah. Even though we're in Maryland right now. The only thing I would say I would change is in the safe places of working with friends and working in class, um, drive myself within those safe places to be more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Drive my... Because one of the things that I'm learning this year, particularly through therapy... Um, since we've moved here, is that yeah, I was uh, complacent in a lot of things within myself as a human being, and then secondarily as an artist and creator, that uh, I was just able to convince myself of certain things so that I wasn't uncomfortable, so that mm. I was comfortable with what was happening, as opposed mm-hmm. to living in the discomfort, but understanding the things that I have, the love I have from you, for you, and from our families, that won't go away if um, I'm uncomfortable in other places. Yeah. So, like, it, it's one of those things where um, I've I've learned in the last six, seven months to be much more comfortable in who I am, who I am, where I'm going, and where I am right now. 
that I can be comfortable with being uncomfortable mm. and not wanting to control the moment as much as I've tried to control my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, controlling what I can control. And that's probably the only thing I would look back on and change. Like, I wish I had the emotional maturity I have now. Now. When I first moved out to mm. LA. Mm-hmm. One, because I feel like we would have been dating a lot sooner. <laughs> um, because yeah. I wouldn't have, like, let you pawn me off for those four months or what have you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just think, I, I think the only thing is I wish I had, it's like a lot of things. It's like, if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, I would right. be, I'd be a more complete person. That's it. Yeah. Um, we still might have ended up back here in Maryland. Um, just because of the way COVID broke and everything like that. Yeah. But the long term, looking back at uh, almost 10 years in L.A., nine and a half years in L.A., I would say, um, and my advice for any actor or artist moving to a new city, find a safe community where you can go and be uncomfortable. I like that. A safe community where you can go and be uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, and, and, and not wow. uh, not uncomfortable, like not feeling unsafe. No, no, no. Feeling safe. Feeling safe. And knowing that you can take any, any risk every you want. risk, yeah. And the only thing that's going to happen is next time you're in class, they're going to say, "Take a different risk, make right. yourself uncomfortable in a, in a new different way. way." I like that. Yeah, I like that. How are you? Your week has been crazy too, and you've got a lot going on this week yeah. too. What's um, going on with you? Uh, we had some back and forth on getting my condo listing up this weekend. Um, we're out past our contingencies for everything on my other listing, so we're under contract. Woo-hoo! And ready to close on the 12th of February. That is exciting. Uh, got a new renter client who's going to be a little bit challenging. Not like him as a human being is challenging, but it's going to be finding the right getting spot. Him, getting him what he wants, considering yeah. the short timeline he's going to be renting for is going to be a challenge. Um, it started, I, I might end up in charge of the TikTok platform for the sales team for my brokerage. No way. I mean, I loved the video so, you just produced for it. Yeah. So, but as a result of that, <laughs> so did they. <laughs> so, but as a result of that, I'm going to have to, um, have certain conversations that might end up being uncomfortable because I'm a commissioned salesperson the way that real estate works. I might actually have to take a small salary in order to be able to afford I to was do about that. to say that. Would that so, be like something on top of the commission? Yeah, so that'd be that'd be a conversation that I would have to have with the team to make sure they're yeah, comfortable with that because it's just a matter of if they can afford to do that. So if not... Because that's a lot of work. Yeah. And it's for you, and the, but it looked great though, and it would take yeah, but your the, team to a whole new and, level in but the area. Uh, the reality is, is that if I'm doing that, and I'm able to, there, there's a catch twenty two. Like, um, if I'm able to drive new buyer and sales business to myself from it, I don't need to get paid extra. But if I get paid extra, I won't need to hustle as hard, so I won't get those. Like it's one of those things where it's like interesting. Uh, How do you marry the two worlds if you're able to get a baseline salary to do that, which would be great, but then still be able to go after the big clients and do what you need to do on the commission side? But it's also like trying to make sure that like um, I'm feeding myself properly. Yeah, and I'm and yeah, I'm comfortable in being uncomfortable. Like understanding that See, I'm not crossover. I yeah, like that. understanding yeah. that um, if I do something, um, I'm not doing it for a handout and that's my like that's part of the mental game that Mm. I have to play in my head of like all right cool if you're Mm -hmm. doing this thing you're doing this as part of the hustle and that's fine because you're going to be sharpening your skills and making yourself better what you're doing in the long term that's going to pay off so if you're doing that do it with the intention of doing it not with the intention of being compensated similarly to the doing it for the art's sake not because you want to be famous but because you want to do it well so it's like it's like a you know 
angels struggling on yeah, my shoulder kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, one, I didn't know that. That's really cool that they want you to do that. That was a development that happened that as you were putting amazing. Lila down for bed today. Oh, <laughs> like that just happened. Yeah, it happened today. <laughs> um, but it's just the realization that like uh, the person who does our marketing, she's amazing, but she's, I think Lisa's in like her 40s or 50s. Um, so she's just a little bit, I mean, she might even be older than that. Um, so she's not... She's, she is admittedly not as comfortable with creating with things for Instagram. And she doesn't want, she wants nothing to do with TikTok. Yeah. She will tell anybody that. And I've told her. That's fair. I feel that way to a degree and I'm in my thirties. And and <laughs> but I've told her like, look, like if we have things that we need to do TikTok wise, like if we think this is going to appeal and this is how we're going to expand our reach and this is how we're going to appeal to um, the Asian market, the Middle Eastern market, yeah. the European market the South American and the African market to like really capture the international clientele as they come through. Right. We have the largest brokerage in the mid Atlantic region. We have the most listings and we have the access to the most agents. So long and foster in order to get to that next level has to have their luxury teams. Hunter Coley Reed is one of their luxury teams. Right. Be competitive in that space. Absolutely. And the place to be competitive is with digital media. Is digital social media. And the yeah. only the only game in town for that is um, he's a, a Sotheby's agent mm-hmm. named uh, Daniel Hyder, and he shoots amazing quality video. Oh yeah, video. you showed me some of those. And it's like produced; it is slick, it is sharp. That's what you got to do. Um, he's not slick and he's not sharp. Not to say that he's not not those things, but I'm saying like he's not an on camera personality, right? Whereas I can where you be. are, mm-hmm. and Ian Tolino can be, and I think like a few of the other agents that are on our team can be. And that's that thing where it's like, not only are we elevated, not only are we slick and well-produced, but we're also personable, engaging, and you want us to sell your property. I think that's the next step is like, it's not just pretty pictures and pretty video. It's, It's hey. The person, the one-on-one relationship and connection. Yeah, Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And tomorrow you are... Uh, tomorrow, what's tomorrow? Tomorrow's Thursday? Yes. Tomorrow I'm taking the DC licensing exam. You are. And I'm also doing photos after much delay at the condo. Um, are photos in the morning and then you do the test? Or are you doing photos, the test first? Photos are at 11.15 and I have to be in... The exam's at one thirty. One thirty, but I have to be there by 1. Okay. Um, so I'm going to probably just go straight from photos to that. Yeah. And I'm probably going to leave a little bit earlier so everyone can know what my schedule is for Thursday. Um, this is his schedule tomorrow, guys. We always uh, talk schedule before we go to bed. It's just happening I'm going to leave like shoot, this right now. And I'm going to shoot video and photos for myself at the space so that I can edit tomorrow night and then post. Tomorrow night. At, at the condo? Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah. Nice. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be a busy week where then I'm also doing a, an open house at uh, Grosvenor this weekend. I'll oh, be you are? The, yeah. Can't, we can't really do open houses yet at this condo. I'm just trying to figure out how to do that because it's such a small space. That is a small space. It's not safe. I mean, COVID open houses are a whole and, new beast. And also, like, it's a walk-up. So in order to get there, yeah. you're walking past four other people's other people. apartments, condos. Like, that's... I'm. Not that I'm endangering any of those people because all these people are safe and we're keeping our COVID restrictions in place. But it's just like... It's more nerve-wracking than a house when you can take people through and have the the distance on different floors. Just the potential of exposure. Yeah. And you you have to mitigate that as much as humanly possible. Not to like wah-wah COVID all that, but did you hear about the new variant strand with the different protein spike and they're saying the Moderna... You you told me about it. May not... That vaccine may not cover this I hope nobody's getting that information from this podcast because this is (sighs) not... uh, we are not medically educated. No, 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 beings, not so at all. But I did hear this today, and I'm like, oh no, we need to look into that more. Yeah, 
Please get all of your COVID information be, from the CDC. Yes. <laughs> we're, just, we're just talking about opinions and things we've heard of scariness, which is kind of intense. But people are starting to get their vaccines yeah, and, and it is moving people forward. people are starting to go back to work. Yeah. It, people, yeah, yeah. And, and schools are talking about March. I mean, I don't know how realistic that is at the moment, but... You know, we will we will see how it how it all pans out. But as a whole, things are they are getting back to work. Yeah, and people are shooting movies. People, people are, are shooting, shooting things, yeah. not in LA per se, but some in LA and some in other places. Yeah. Which uh, brings us actually to our friend and oh, uh, alum, married to Hollywood, of alum. Married, to, yeah. uh, married to Hollywood, uh, Maria Brees booked. A feature film. She's number one on the call sheet. She's First time in her career. Congratulations. Congratulations. For those of you not in the know, being number one on the call sheet means you're the lead you of the film. You are the lead or of the, the film. Sh- or TV show. Or, yes. Because you, everybody, you have a number and that's what's on the call yeah. sheet, which so is very, exciting. very exciting. So we're very... So we reached out to her yeah. because not only is she a Married to Hollywood alum, for those of you who haven't listened to their episode, she's also a, a mom, Declan, <laughs> and, and a wife. And a long time friend. And a very long time friend. You and were in her wedding. She was in ours. Yeah, so it just... I was I was in their wedding, too. I, I read something. I totally forgot about that. Sorry, you did. Maria. You did. <laughs> you did indeed. Um, so we wanted to kind of chit-chat with her. Yeah. And I know it was crazy because she, she's away, so trying to get her on was a little tricky. But uh, she did... We asked her some questions, and she sent us a little a little ditty. And so we want to we wanna let you hear from Maria real quick. Yeah. Hey, love. So I just... Um, I got wrapped and uh, went back to my Airbnb. So to answer some of your questions, we were tested three days before leaving for Mississippi and we're tested every three days after that. Um, They're pretty rigorous and they're they're PRP tests. So everything's up the nose and a little more accurate. Trailer is, you know, I get my own trailer and the Airbnb I'm staying at, I primarily have a for myself, but the girl who's playing the antagonist will be staying with me for six days, the six days that she's here. But other than that, we're pretty separated. Otherwise, everyone's wearing masks. Um, Crafty is all pre-packaged. Even the hot food, it's all packaged up and wrapped. So it's like a grab-and-go situation, even with hot stuff, or it's plated um, hot for us individually. And we came up with our own menu. So we got to pre-order what we wanted for the entire shoot. Um, Hair and makeup, um, everyone's wearing masks. Everybody's got their own individual baggies. Um, It's pretty much like what we're used to. You can't help but get in someone's face with hair and makeup, but they're wearing double masks and I'm wearing a mask when they're doing my eyes, but when they're doing the rest of my face, I obviously have to take the mask off, but they also have a shield. My brain is fried. I had to memorize 87 pages. Being on set is amazing. Uh, Mississippi is really cool. It's really humid. And I mean, it's a deep south. It's humid and warm. And we had the police uh, in Clinton escort us around today, which was really nice. All the roads were closed off for us. Quarantine rules are, you know, it's pretty basic. It's the guidelines that we've been following. Heading to and from location, I have somebody come pick me up. It's one of the producers, someone that I'm around really frequently, but we're all pretty much quarantined together. Um, it's about uh, 30 people in our entire crew. 
Um, and then coming back to LA, I have to get tested before I come back and then I have to um, quarantine. I don't know how that's going to work with Declan and Patrick. I probably won't be able to quarantine away from them, but definitely quarantine from my mom. And my shoot, I'm here for 14 days, actively shooting for 12 and two days off. So there you have it, yeah. a little first-hand look of being on set right now during COVID the in exha- Mississippi. The exhaustion, the excitement. And Every, it's really, I mean, everything. And it's it, a challenge. It's a huge challenge. I thought it was really fascinating because I was very curious when you're on set with um, craft services during COVID what that was going to look like. Hair makeup, like the camaraderie. Well, I mean, all of it, yeah, but specifically the food. I was yeah. really curious how they were doing that. And I thought it was so cool that she said not only is it all like completely individualized but you get to set our menu for the entire shoot yeah, that's really cool. before they left. And I'm wondering, there are certain things that I believe COVID, not that there's anything positive about it, mm. but has brought to light that safety protocols should have been in place in a yeah. certain way pre-COVID yeah. that I wonder what's going to become the new norm. Well, well I, one of the things that I've constantly been about since COVID started is that we've realized as like a country and maybe also as an industry that, that we haven't been the cleanest, not only have we not been the cleanest, <laughs> uh, but our expectations of prioritizing work and completion over health. Yeah. Is it's, it's wrong. Yeah. Um, and also like one of the things Asian countries have done super well for so long is like people are like, Oh, if you've got a little bit of a sniffle or a cold, but you're not feeling bad, put a mask on. Right. Boom. They, they've, uh, like they've had masks forever. That, I don't think our, the masks are going to truly go away after this. No, they're never going to go away this. because it just makes sense. Like if you feel a little bit under the weather, but on. you can still go to work, Yeah, put a mask on, go to work, be accomplished, keep everyone safe. Yep. Boom. Yep. Done. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how that goes, but yeah. I just loved how they're handling yeah. the food. And I, I, I Everything love, else too, but the food. Well, and I think it was really, it's really cool that like she's got um, committed transport. I mean, I'm expecting yeah. that for for any and all set at this point. No, of course, and I love the police escort around town. Yeah, like, I think it's because it's like Clinton's a pretty small town. No, well, it's it's really that did make me smile. It made me think of when I shot the horror film oh, all those yeah, years yeah, ago yeah. in Cuero and Goliad and Wiesach, Texas, and the whole town came out. What, yeah. they, it just it was a big to do, and that's what happens in some of those towns. And I'm just thrilled. I'm thrilled for her that she's doing it. Yeah, I'm very curious. Buddy. We're proud. So proud. I'm very curious how it's going to be when she comes back. Like she said, she won't be able to quarantine away from the fam, Declan and, and Patrick, which I, but I they'll get. But they'll just get tests but regularly. But they'll just make sure, yeah. And they'll try to be as smart as they can, as safe as they can. Yeah. Um, her mom just got her first round of the vaccine, I believe. Did she? Yeah. So oh, that's, that's exciting. Great. And yeah. uh, we're seeing a lot of people get their first rounds of vaccine. My mom, dad, and I are pre-registered for it I because Maryland just opened up to 1C. I sent you the link I know you yesterday. Did. I know. Um, I've been busy. The, you have been. <laughs> It's opened up to 1C, which is now 65 and above, and the immunocompromised are in that category, and which puts well me as well as, as essential, essential workers, workers. And I believe real estate, you can finagle it. It's not listed as one of them, but we you're around people. The economy you are. So I think I think if uh, they call and you have to talk about it and you say you're a realtor, I'm, I think that's going to put yeah, you in, of course. which um, is great. And if not, such is life. Yeah, no, like I was, I, I was explaining to your dad, you know, like I wouldn't say no to a vaccine, but I'm absolutely by no means going to jump the line. Right. Because there's so many people right, right. who need it uh, for their own safety to be able to um, do their jobs, keep their families safe, as well as keep themselves safe. And I, I would I would feel terrible as a human being if for some reason I said, oh, no, 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 I should have that. And then somebody who needed it didn't. Yeah. And I think that's such a sad thing that we're in a place where the vaccine is that scarce. But, you know, the government just ordered 200 million more doses. Yeah. Um, so... 
hopefully, you know, fingers crossed by the fall, we'll be putting this in our rear view. And Lila will be going to preschool. Yeah, and it's nutty. I, I want to touch upon something you and I talked about after we recorded this last week. Yeah. First, first it was me, then it was you. I talked a little bit about it, but the overwhelming feeling I was feeling after the inauguration mm-hmm. and then how it kind of came out verbally and I hadn't really been able to or necessarily even knew I was feeling it, mm-hmm. but that I was feeling very forgotten and left behind by yeah. a lot of my friends and a lot of life. And it was really strange. We then found out multiple friends have just had babies and are expecting. And you had a very similar reaction to what I had saying. I said, how does that make you feel? And you, you said, left, left behind and behind the ball. Yeah, because I figured if we were going to have our second kid, we already would have got that started by now. Yeah, Or I we'd know. already have the second one popped out. Well, orig- that was the original plan. Yeah. Two and a half years apart, because that's what you know the boys you and, the and boys I were. Are, yeah. And I always figured that's, that's what It'll I be closer do. to you and Zach. No, it'll be in between. It'll be in between. I mean, Zach and I, were we were five. We were five years. I don't think it's going to be five. Well, the to, the gap between two and a half and five, Yeah. Um, it, to be closer to that, that's two and a half years. So if you're more than the year and a quarter. No, you're doing, you're, doing a, you're doing a dad thing. You're doing an Eric thing. You can't round up that far. It's like. No, you guys are two and a half <laughs> years apart. Yes. You and Zach are five years apart. Yes. So if you're more than halfway to five, you're closer to the gap no, no, no. between you and Zach. I hear what you're saying. I'm, I do hear what you're saying. This is a marital conflict you're witnessing live. <laughs> if you say closer to you and Zach, that means our, kid, our kids will be much closer to the four-year apart or five-year apart mark is what that actually means. Not if it's three years or three and a half years. So if we get pregnant now... She'll be not three and a half but not three. She'll be like, you know, three and three months. But that, yes, that's further along for a further part than two and a half, mm-hmm. but that's not closer to five years. Closer to five actually means four or five years. Okay. Three still does not put you in that window. Yeah, we're going to have to work on your math <laughs> <laughs> at some point. No, no, no. No, no, no. My math is just fine. Thank you very it much. It works for you perfectly it well. It does. <laughs> the rest of us, on the other hand, it's confusing. It works well in Amelia land. It does. Yeah, happy um, to be there. But no, I remember when Julie... Hi, Julie. Uh, Julie Capellan-Keltonic, when she had her, her, she has three now, they're three years apart, and she always figured they'd be closer in age because her and, and Karen were closer, uh, very similar to the way Ivan, Seth and I are spaced. And she said three was great. My guess is that's what it's most likely going to be. Well, yeah, we should get on that, otherwise it's going to be closer to four. Other, <laughs> otherwise it'll be closer to four. You know, life just takes you in directions yeah, that you don't in anticipate. Life gets in the it way. Just gets but it in finds the way. a way. Life finds a way. Life finds a way. If I can quote Jeff Goldblum as often as possible, that it's good. That, that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. But no, but the whole feeling behind or feeling left out or forgotten, how are you feeling with that in the last few days after we were really talking about it? and Because and, that, that's a heavy feeling, and I didn't realize I was feeling it so intensely until I finally vocalized it. I think I've been dealing with it. Like the I, whole time. The whole time. And okay. that's one of the things that really came crashing down on me. And it's also one of the things that I felt living in L.A. You were feeling it in L.A. too. Yeah, because like I'm one of the only ones out of our like close friend group that had like a, and this is not a, f- no offense meant to any of our close friends, that had like a real career job. Right. <laughs> with a real career right, right, path. Right. Yeah. And that balance and that juggle 
it's not to say that nobody else was working really hard, but in our immediate friend group, like other than um, Adam, but he was like a business owner. And like we're all working and we're all yeah. hustling, but you had an actual day job, yeah. full time, uh, yeah, like thing. Rob, Rob, Rob definitely had that toward the end of our time living in LA, and he yeah. was struggling with things like this. But overall, it's um, when you're around a lot of artists, and a lot of artists happen to be younger than you. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of cases, it, it's an isolating feeling because you're like, wow, they have all this time, and then you're like, oh, right, they're not. <laughs> right, <laughs> that does change things. Yeah, just just you know, it fills up your time in a different it way. Does. It does, and just does. making sure that you understanding that you can't grow the pie. You just have to make sure you're allocating the pie properly. Yeah, to fill yourself and yeah. not think you're filling up things that you're not. Yeah, it's kind of nebulous, but you know what I mean. I know, no, I yeah. do, I do. Um, we don't have any movies to talk about because we haven't had time to watch any movies. No. In the last been watching couple a, of weeks. Been watching a lot of WandaVision. Yeah. yeah you, we've been watching WandaVision together. What's been happening that's been funny is we'll crawl into bed at night and we'll put our headphones in and, and we'll he watch watches TV something and I watch something. Sitting next but to each other. But we're like together, which is actually kind of nice. Or holding hands. So I watched Bridgerton This Way and The Undoing, which I highly recommend. Holy cow. That well, was which one was The Undoing? Is Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. It is Wait, did you crazy. ask me if I wanted to watch that? I did. Wow, I must have been and half went, asleep no, when you asked no, me. No, go ahead. And I went, oh, okay, cool. So I did. I would rewatch it with you <laughs> if you want to watch it because it's worth a rewatch. Uh, but we are watching WandaVision together. But it's nice Which is that killing we'll, me because I have to wait. I can't watch I it at know, midnight on Thursdays. We have to just... Well, oh, that's it, right. It comes out at 3 a.m. It comes out at 3 a.m. Because it comes out at midnight West Coast. So we have to wait till Friday after Mid-day, we're done yeah. with our... Work know. for the day yeah. or at night once Lila's down, but it's fun. It is fun to do that together, which is which is good. But we just haven't done any movies. Yeah, I, I got a, a chance busy. to read um, the Sixth Sense and read Ex yes. Machina. What were those scripts like on paper versus the film? Um, I think the thing is is with um, films that have like the big reveal or a twist or a thing like that. If you already know them, um, and you're kind of like trying to read to see how they set them up. Which I was doing at the beginning of reading each of them. But then I realized, no, like, just be here, be present, let the story be told. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reading, and I see, the, I see clues, but then I'm also realizing, like, wow, this story is much deeper and is much um, more, it speaks much more to humanity and to your core than you realize. Because there's all these things in a film the music, the lighting, the camera movement, the blocking that communicate how you're supposed to feel, like wardrobe and all of the different artistic elements, you know, of a production design that create the feeling. You don't have that when you're reading a script. You just have your imagination. Right. So having already seen the movie, but having seen those movies both so long ago. So long ago. You're, the, there's images flitting through your head of what it was, but at the same time, your imagination can run a little bit. But... I really was struck at the sixth sense. The thing that really got me and made me emotional at the end was the deep, deep human connection between uh, Cole, the kid, and his mom, Lynn. Yeah. And I think that was because I was a parent. I'm a parent now, so yeah. it's very different. So it's different. And then also, um, I look at um, uh, uh, Ex Machina very differently because I saw the, um, the allegory between God and man was clear, but I saw a different 
allegory to the human struggle for freedom and how like we're constantly trying to improve ourselves just to feel more free and we become slaves and trapped in these things that we convince ourselves will make us more free but in reality they're just traps yeah um you know achievement accomplishment um that was a good movie that was a that was Alicia Vikander right before she really exploded, too. That's what made her explode. Yeah, it was... And there was Domhnall Gleeson and Oscar Isaacs when they were exploding. What, right. So, like, that movie... And we were talking yeah. about types for you, and, and you you came upon the Oscar Isaacs idea. But, yeah. yeah, that's... You were doing a scene from that in class yesterday, and you and I read the lines. That character is so good for you, yeah. type-wise and all. So I'm, I'm glad you're working on it, and you kind of rediscovered that script to play with. Yeah, it's it's an am- amazing, amazing script. Yeah. It's so six sense. I think that uh, M. Night Shyamalan, um, kind of he gets a bad rap because of some of his films are unintentionally funny. But I think that well, six sense was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that was his first. But I feel like if I read The Village, if I read The Village, and didn't you think it watch would read it, differently? I think I would watch it. I would, it would read differently. I feel like if yeah. I read The Happening as opposed to watch it, I feel like it would feel different. Yeah, and it wouldn't laugh. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's fun. Love you. I love you. Let's go have a little delete. That sounds nice. Take a breather and get to bed because we're trying to get to bed earlier to get up earlier. This has been a thing, guys. It's working. It's an actual thing. Yeah. We're we, trying. We've had some disagreements about we, it. We've had disagreements on the wake up time for like five years. <laughs> it's getting better though and I really appreciate the effort. Yeah. No. It's good. It's good. It's going the right direction. Yeah. Well, I love you. Love you too, babe. And thank you all for tuning in. Like you say. I'm Amelia Myers. I'm Jason Rosewall. And this This has been been Married to Hollywood. Hollywood. Talk to you later. Love you. Bye-bye. Black lives matter. Love is love. Stay home. Stay safe. Love each other. And super fast birthday shout-outs just of the week because there are a couple great birthdays this week. Jonathan Gadsden. John Gadsden, we love you. Taste Pierce Minor. We love you, Pierce. And Amanda Carrozza is on Friday. And we love you so much. Happy birthday. And next week is Taylor Williams. And next week is Taylor Williams. Happy birthday, everybody. Good people being born, man. We're grateful to have you. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.